Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joe McCall, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm excited about this episode because this is something that I've been working on for a long, long time. And I found somebody to partner with on this that I think is going to be pretty awesome for a lot of you guys. And what we're going to be talking about on this podcast is how to make money as an investor agent, how to make money as a realtor, but not the typical way that you see most realtors making money. Because I'm telling you something, the system is flawed. It's rigged. It's rigged against you. Most realtors out there doing traditional realtor stuff are barely scraping by. I mean, I don't know the numbers. My guest that I'm going to bring on, Alicia, will probably give us better numbers, but it's pretty dismal. The average annual income or salary that the realtors make, pretty bad. And even the the quote unquote top producing agents that you see on the billboards, they're not making nearly as much as you think they are. And we're going to show you a really awesome way where you can be a realtor, but also be an investor, actually be an investor agent. And we've talked about this for a long, long time, you know, because there's issues with licensing. You can't, you're not, if you're an investor and you don't have your license, you cannot be in the business of putting a buyer and a seller together. That's a brokering, that's brokering, right? You can't be in the business to go find the buyers first and then go find a deal for them. That's, you know, you you can if you're using the right contracts, but it's one of those things. And we'll talk about this on the podcast. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but it's one of those things where if you don't do it just right, if you're not using the right paperwork that you're supposed to be using, you can get in trouble with the local real estate commission. So I've been saying it for a long, long time. You should get your license. Doesn't mean you have to do everything as a realtor, but there is a way that you can make a bunch of money, especially right now in this market, if you're smart about it and you go out and get your license first, and then you, the, the, the sky's opened up for you. And it's pretty amazing. It's awesome. I'm excited about this. And I have a guest today. Her name, her name is Alicia Sierra. I'm going to bring her on in a minute, but we're going to be talking about this because I'm doing a case study coming up um, as we're recording this real soon here. And, and as you're listening to this, it's, it's going to be in a few days. And we're going to be talking about how you, whether you have your license or not, how you can actually profit by going out and finding the buyers first, finding the ones with the money, and then bringing them deals. So I think we should just bring Alicia on now. How about that? Alicia, how are you? Hi, good. How are you, Joe? I'm doing awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Alicia Sierra. She is a rock star in the St. Louis area, but she's been doing deals for a long, long time. And this is something that, Alicia, I've been thinking about for a long time. One of my best students, who was my former acquisitions manager, does about 90 to 100 deals a month. And I think you might know him as well, but this is exactly what he does. Not a month, 90 to 100 a month, 90 to 100 a year. But this is exactly what he does. And I've talked about this before, guys. You, uh, If you followed me, me for any time. I went to Europe and I went in an RV for about three months with my family of six. And this is exactly what we did. We went out and found the buyers and brought them deals. But I've never really taught this before because, you know, even though I have my license, I hang my license with Keller Williams. It's a great brokerage. I have never, I've never done this as an agent like Alicia has. And so Alicia, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. Uh, you've been, you've been in the business a long time in the, uh, St. Louis area. Talk about that. How long have you been doing this stuff? Well, I've been a real estate agent, a salesperson for 12 years. Yeah. And before that, uh, I've been in real estate for more years than I care to disclose. But before that, I was flipping houses full time and we ran into the crash. Okay. So that's uh, between that and having come from flipping houses, that's kind of how this whole thing started. So you've been on the realtor side of things and the investor side of things. Right. Which one do you like better? Uh, Is that a fair question to ask? Well, do you really have to choose? Well, maybe not. <laughs> um, right? I don't think you really necessarily have to choose. I'm probably more realtor than investor, but I think someone can come at this the other with the flip ratio yeah. um, approach. So you can be both. I guess that's what we're here to talk about. Yes, you can do both and you can do both very, very profitably. Let me just set the stage for this a little bit because I've been, I've worked with a lot of people who were realtors doing the traditional realtor thing. Mm -hmm. 
getting chasing the listings, right? And you would think they were a top producing agent. They were on the billboards. They had the huge teams, right? But you sit down and look at their numbers, like really dig into their numbers. What is your net, net, net that you're taking away, that you're putting yeah. into Hip Pocket National Bank after paying all of your staff, all of the marketing, all of the commission splits that you have to make with your broker? How much are you really making? And how many hours are you working to yeah. do that? I've, I've been down that road. Yes. It's pretty bad. It's a lot I mean, of smoke and mirrors. Oh man, it's it's especially bad in the realtor industry. Uh, just, it is. That, that's a whole nother podcast. But the the culture, just to boil it down, the real estate agent culture is very much uh, workaholic. Yes, they work. The ones that are good, and, and they're it's good because workaholic and boundaryless culture. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, <laughs> You don't want to take lessons on boundaries from a, a realtor. No, you don't. That's the realtor therapist podcast. We'll have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be both. Maybe you could teach us. But yeah, it, it definitely is. And you know, there's a lot of expenses that can eat, eat the profit up pretty fast. Yeah, right. If you're not careful. All right. So let me also give you a little more info on this because I was doing a lot of wholesaling the traditional way, way right. back in the day, I was talking to one of my coaches and mentors at the time. And I wanted, because I saw a lot of money coming into the market and there's still a lot of money coming into the market. You know what else guys? There's a lot of money sitting on the side right now, waiting for the market to cool down, waiting to come and buy some deals. So don't, don't think like, oh man, you know, the market's going to change soon. I don't want to get into the market yet. No, there's a lot of opportunity coming still. All right. So anyway, I, 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 my, my coach and mentor at the time said, Joe, you need to go find the buyers first. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think I had my license at this time. I'm not sure. And it's called reverse wholesaling. If you're doing it the investor way where you go, instead of going out and, and it's, it's so much easier to make money in this business, guys, when you sell people what you have, I'm so, what they want instead of what you have, right? right? If you go out and you try to find stuff, you can still do this, this still works. And then you sell people what you have. It's You can do it, but it's more challenging. What Alicia has done is figured out, okay, where are the buyers? Because they're the real customers, right? Where, and they're the ones with the money. And then you go find out what they want and then you go bring it to them. Right. And what, what Alicia has done here, which is so awesome and exciting is she's doing this as a realtor and making very good money doing this without working that hard. I mean, she's a hard worker. She's working really. I mean, she works hard. I don't know how many hours a day or a week you work, but compared to the traditional realtor route of listings and stuff like that, it's a lot less. Yeah, it is. And I'm not really working on Sundays. So we'll start there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good start. But no, that it, it's true. I mean, it's, you said the market, there's a lot of opportunity coming to the market. There's always opportunity. It's just always changing. It's just a, a seller's market, a buyer's market, a little bit of both, what have you. Like I said, I started at the beginning with the crash. And at that time, a lot of realtors were leaving. It, it was, it was gutted. I mean, like, as you, I'm sure you remember a lot of realtors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. just left because uh, everything crashed. But that was an opportunity on for the buyers. And so that's how the whole thing started. Nobody wanted to sell those cheapy, cheap houses. I mean, yep. I sold, uh, the cheapest house I've ever sold was $500. <laughs> and I made 2,500. And <laughs> so yep. you know, people didn't really see the catch. You know, they didn't see the, the value in it, but it's it's a lot quicker, it's a lot faster. Now we have a market where there aren't a lot of super cheap deals like that. There's different opportunities. And what the buyers do for you now is tell you what inventory you should be focused on finding. Yep. So it doesn't mean as a realtor, you don't want to find the inventory. You don't want to find the listings, but you can focus on finding the ones that you know are in the highest, uh, highest demand. Well, it, it, and that's exactly what we did. So when my yeah. coach was telling me about this, I said, oh, that makes a lot of sense, right? Go find the buyers that are already buying, find out what they want and go give it to them. And our business literally tripled in, the, in a few months once we finally figured that out. And we stopped marketing. We stopped doing any marketing for seller leads. And uh, we just started spreading the word out. And, and Alicia is so good at this. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. We started spreading the word out. Hey, I'm looking for deals. Send me your deals. Send me what you've got. And we started getting people bringing us deals, right? Other wholesalers, other investors, even realtors started bringing us deals. And so uh, that changed everything for us. I mean, we stopped spending so much money on marketing for leads. We stopped wasting a bunch of time with tire kicking sellers and just started focusing on what our buyers wanted. 
and um, it worked really, really well. So over the years, I've been wanting to create a course and I've been wanting to teach people how to do this, but it's just been kind of put on the back burner and I just haven't had the time to do it. Now, a few months ago, Alicia, you reached out to me and we started talking. I thought, oh man, this is fascinating. Tell me again about what you do. And I got really, really interested again in this because Alicia is actually doing it and doing it in a big way. So Alicia, what what does your business look like today? What are you, what are you doing? Today, about 90% of my business is out of state investor buyers. Okay. It's not that I don't do any retail business, but uh, I've been doing this so long that the opportunities kind of come to me. I don't have any paid leads. All of my uh, business is uh, organic for the internet or social media or repeat business. I closed 85 transactions last year. Okay. That was a slow year in that I did take some time off. It worked half of the year. I worked about half of the time. But the reason I mentioned that is you can sustain your business when you when you focus in this kind of niche mm -hmm. because there is so much repeat business. The vast majority of my closed deals were repeat clients uh, last year. So as opposed from, to the, from out of state, yeah, looking for deals in St. Louis. Yes. Mainly St. Louis, are you doing this in other states or cities? I'm not. I'm actually just uh, just starting to collaborate with uh, agents like me in other markets, other opportunities, because most of my buyers are open. In fact, a lot of the times the reason they picked St. Louis was because they found me. And mm -hmm. St. Louis was just one of several options. Nice. All right. And so are you, these buyers, they're out-of-state buyers, so you're not driving them around looking at 20 different houses, right? Not at all. No. no. You can do this. Could you do this virtually from uh, Barbados in the Caribbean? Uh, we could do it virtually from Barbados with the <laughs> right ground game. <laughs> yeah. The reason I brought Barbados why up is I, I even here talking to you. Why are you? In, you know, it's 15 degrees right now, yeah. Alicia. Yeah. You just why aren't you in the Bahamas? <laughs> yeah. Well, talk to me in a couple of years when my kids are out. We're just gluttons for punishment. We're I don't gluttons like it. for punishment. Yeah, you could with a little bit of ground game, just like you teach on the virtual wholesaling side, you could do this uh, from anywhere. One of the beauties of it is when I profile a, a package and profile a property, I have more than one potential buyer for that, mm -hmm. for that property. So besides, you know, all, all the same things that your wholesalers are doing, uh, besides texting it to a list or emailing it to a list, I'll have two or three clients that I have, you know, good ongoing buyer relationship with that I'll call personally with that deal. So when I profile a property, unlike with a retail buyer for, for the realtors out there listening, I have several potential buyers yeah. for that property. So. Chances are that um, I'll sell that property as opposed to the buyers, especially these days that are looking at 25 houses, offering on several and losing out on bidding wars. Yeah. So we're talking about investor buyers, not retail yes. buyers. About how many deals would you do on average, would you say? A month, a month. A month? Anywhere, uh, I'll close anywhere from five to 10 a month. Five to 10 a month. And and so you you basically just bottom line how this works is you get the buyers who are looking for investment properties mm -hmm. and uh, they're looking for cash flow. They're looking for cash on cash return, ROI, yeah. long-term passive Burr. income, the Burr strategy yeah. of, of buy, rehab, rent, rent, and refi. refinance and repeat. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a big thing right now. And it's popular. Everybody's talking about it on bigger pockets and it's a great strategy. Yep. But they're looking for de they're looking for inventory, right? They're looking for inventory. They're looking for deals. Uh, another area I've gotten into in the last few years is short-term rentals. Okay. So, um, which is nice. It's an opportunity to sell more A-class properties. You know, so bigger bigger price points, uh, which is nice. Yeah. What I love about this, though, is that you're not out there sending a bunch of direct mail, doing a bunch of cold calls, sending a bunch of texts and talking to sellers and making offers, you know, and then following up with sellers. I and mean, there's a place for that. Again, I'm not saying that's bad. You know, we're doing a lot of deals like that. But Alicia, Alicia, you, you, you have you get these buyers and a lot of times they're coming to you saying, all right, I'm looking for deals. Do you have anything? Um, and, and you're not chasing the buyers and you're not chasing deals, right? You're not making a hundred offers for every one seller that accepts, right? No, I'm not. Although, I mean, right now at this moment, it's a seller's market. So there is a, a little bit of a need for speed, but I just have uh -huh. to prepare my buyers for the fact that they're going to have to make 
quick decisions right now. Yeah. And I collaborate with wholesalers. So it's, it's, it's not that I can't do campaigns for uh, property, but the difference is if you are a wholesaler with a license, you can approach that campaign as an agent, which is a whole nother thing. And it really, you're going to stand out against wholesalers and appeal in way, maybe in a different way. If they're getting papered right now by a lot of different wholesalers, you're going to have something different to say. And but, you're going to stand out <laughs> and look in and, and be in a much better light uh, doing it this way than you are uh, if you were doing it as a wholesaler and you're standing before the real estate commission. Right. <laughs> yeah. Our friends at the real estate commission. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I collaborate. I love wholesalers. Well, I love wholesalers that know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like well-educated wholesalers, like the ones who've been through your program because they they understand real values of properties. They understand what I, the ARV really is. And if you can find a couple to work with, it's great. Especially in a market like Missouri, um, not every state's like this. In Missouri, we can actually list property as owner by contract. Yeah. So it's it, you know any state that allows that, it's a really great state to be an investor agent. Yeah. Okay. So you find the buyers, they're looking for deals, and then you go find the deals and you bring them to them. And many times when you find a good deal, you have two or three buyers like ready to go. Yes. Um, so let's talk about buyers first. How do you find the buyers? What are some of your shortcuts? Well, you know, it's a lot different than it was 12 years ago. It's a lot oh, easier yeah. now to find buyers. It's a, it's a great time to be entering the space. One of the easiest ways to do this it's shooting fish in a barrel <laughs> is to go to the Facebook groups in your market where and they're labeled for you, St. Louis investor group, whatever. It's pretty straightforward and just be active in those groups. I know a wholesaler who, even if he has it under contract, he'll post his deals in there just because everybody right under it will list all of their email addresses. Yeah. In fact, you don't even have to post the deal. You can just go in there and grab all the email addresses that everybody puts in the comments under another deal. So right there, you already know, here's buyers for this kind of deal right there. And there's, a, this is funny too. And this is all stuff we're going to be talking about in this case study that we're doing. Yeah. There are so many simple, easy ways to find these buyers. So this is, just, this is the people. easy part. Just yeah. DM people, but um, you know, you just be friendly, talk to them. You're, you're, it's not that you're trying to sell them a deal. You're trying to find out what kind of who they are as a buyer and what they're looking for. So yeah. list building is free. Yeah, I was gonna say this too real quick. There's uh there's an add-on you can get on Chrome that if there is a email address anywhere on the screen as you're scrolling up or down, mm -hmm. it'll scrape all of those emails with just a click and put them into a spreadsheet for you. Oh, and now you got me taking notes now. That's a good one. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you later. It's pretty um, cool. The other thing is, you know, it, it just depends. Whoever you are, whatever you know, whatever value you can add, just be consistent on whatever social media outlet you're comfortable with that resonates, makes sense to you. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's Twitter. Um, yeah. You can find me on, Twi on Twitter at Stand Up Agent. Okay. And I uh, have built a following. I've got, at this point, most of my buyers uh, that way. What is it again? I'm going to write it down here. Uh, it's at uh, Stand Up Agent. S T A N D U P A G. There you right go. There? Yeah. At Stand Up so, Agent. Yeah. And so, it, you know, in, on my account, I talk about a lot of basic stuff about transactions because the vast majority of people, you know, they're still learning. They'll still, yeah. they'll, they want to get into real estate, but they don't know how to start. So that's, that is the audience that I'm mostly speaking to. There's plenty of people on there that I learn from as well that are doing a lot high, higher level, you know, commercial developments or, or whatever, raising money and all that kind of stuff. My content is more around what kind of opportunities are in my market, like the story, you know, here's an, here's the kind of burr you can buy here. Here's the kind of uh, short-term rental. Here's, you know, here are the kind of mistakes that people make when they rehab a property or list a property, things that people don't understand about inspections and the process, whatever it might be. If you bring value from what you know, you're going to make connections. Um, yeah. And I, I do the same things. I DM people 
and say, you know, DM them back uh, to ask a question on something they posted or participate in the comments. When you get into those groups and you're active and you're respectful of people's time and expertise, you're going to build relationships. And at the end of the day, that's that's what it comes down to. But the other great thing about this space is those relationships are going to help you in, on your investment business as well. Yeah. So it's a so, little investment of some time, not necessarily money. But, you know, I was just a friend of mine texted me something from a, a turnkey company that was promoting a free book that they're offering. And it's just a 20 page book, but, and it's not working. I actually clicked on the link. It's not working right now, but um, it was a, uh, it was a simple work a book that gave about six different benefits of owning cash flowing rental real estate. Right. Yeah. And uh, so that is stuff you can take and kind of use and not copy, but use this for your own content, take it into your, and put it put into your own words. Yeah. You right? can somebody else's quote and give them credit for it, but make your own meme out of it. Yeah. And then put, use that for your content in the Twitters and the Instagrams and yeah. Facebooks, TikToks. Self and add value. Um, I've done live Q and A threads with other people who have expertise. Yeah. Uh, there's a commercial bro a mortgage broker on there that I connected with. Those got a lot of attention. We just did it because I, I knew better questions to ask mm -hmm. than somebody just starting out. It, it can be a little time consuming, especially difficult if you have a life unlike me, but so I'm not, I'm not especially now we're all, we're all a little stuck at home. So it's a great time to get started. But you could do it from your phone. You could do it from your phone. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, and here's the point too. You can, if you're wondering like, what am I going to talk about? Right. There's a hundred books that you can get on Amazon right now or in mm -hmm. Kindle. There's a thousand videos on YouTube that you could take and use for ideas on how to create content. You could literally go down my Twitter history yeah. and retweet and add a quote to anything that there's, you found interesting. There's so, a lot of uh, good podcasts that are talking about cash flow real estate that you can take some of their content and repurpose and and uh, not copy. Again, I'm not saying about plagiarizing, but like right. give, give ideas credit. for it, right? Just give credit, which is fine. Tag, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Course on there. And yeah, here's a, there's somebody I want to I'm thinking about, but I don't want to use his name because he's controversial. But um, you know, you could say like, uh, well, you know, Bigger Pockets. These are these guys are awesome, right? Like, yeah. here's a great book from Bigger Pockets, and listen, this is something I learned about, and then just five minutes talk about these, you know, things. Yeah, or your experience. You can agree or disagree with a point. And yeah, and say, so, you know, and if you'd like to learn how to do this in St. Louis, Missouri, which has some of the best rental properties, best market for this kind mm -hmm. of stuff, you know message me right now and I'll, I'll I'll send you some inventory. I don't know, whatever. Like Yeah. Right? Well, a, a lot of people will have uh there's an, an ongoing, you know, age-old debate about if you're an investor, is it a bad idea to get your license? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? You're right. Um, that well, that's a good topic. It's a good yeah. topic for us now. It's a good topic to 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 get into on social media. You'll get a lot of engagement from asking sure. Because people have strong opinions around stuff like that. Okay, good, good. So now you you find buyers. Uh, one of the ways I like to find buyers was sending letters to people that were already buying in other hot markets. Mm -hmm. and what do I mean by hot market? Like turnkey markets. People that were already buying in Memphis, Tennessee. Or yeah, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. And you can see who are the out-of-state buyers that are already buying over there. Yeah, and this is what yeah. I did. That's um, very easy to pull tax records. Oh, easy. Uh, uh, yeah. pull tax pull tax records and maybe you found a deal pull the tax records from yeah. that zip code anybody with an with an out of state owner address yep and you can uh, message them you can um, mail them a letter get them on the phone and talk a to them. handwritten a handwritten note yeah oh that's um, oh, we're dropping they stand out so much now cuz a lot yeah. of the um, the buyers and sellers are older and a handwritten note will make a big yeah. difference. If you send a thank you note after, if they take the time to speak to you on the phone, you get value from it. You send a thank you note, it makes a, it's a huge difference. And it's not, maybe some of the young people watching don't even know how to address an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> but look it up on YouTube, it'll be worth it. Yeah. But here's the point. This is why I'm so excited about this, guys, is because here we got Alicia is doing five to 10 deals a month, okay? and not doing the traditional marketing stuff that you hear us do and talk about all the time for sellers. She's yeah. she's doing this simple network marketing almost, but it's not an MLM. <laughs> 
to find buyers that right. are they looking for deals, right? All right. So then, Alicia, you get uh, you get a buyer who's interested in some deals, and he, you get him on the phone. You talk to him or her, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I got five hundred grand." I was just talking to somebody yesterday, two days ago. He's got five hundred grand. They're looking for places to put it, and they're looking for inventory. What do you get? What do you have? So then, what do you do? You start building up this list. How do you go find the deals to bring to them? Well, obviously the MLS, which gets a bad rap with, with investors, but there's a lot of deals on the MLS. Yes, I'm looking at one right now. There's that, a lot of um, you know, yeah. poorly marketed listings. I mean, let's mm -hmm. face it. Well, you'll find you'll find that you will get to know some of the tricks to it, or find your own. And maybe I, I'm sure you've you've uh, applied some of these tactics yourself. Besides the the ones that are on the market, especially in this market, mm -hmm. at this point, if it's 21 days and it hasn't sold, something's going on with that listing, right? It's, it's overpriced. It's overpriced or something there's bad information i see that all the time so when i'm looking for deals depending on what my buyer's looking for i'm looking for something that's underpriced and poorly marketed or overpriced for me here in our market in the city if i see something listed and it's by a, an agent that almost never does business in the city usually it's either over or underpriced because it's difficult to price in the city because yeah. it's very street to street. It's very specific, oh, yeah. a lot as opposed to subdivisions. Or they overprice it because they listen to the seller, but you don't know until you put offers in front of them. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you've been shocked a couple of times that something was accepted. Oh my gosh. This is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite marketing strategies. You find the properties that have been yeah. on the market over 30, 60, 90 days and you send them offers. It's really difficult. It's really this hard to do. So like what do you, how low do you go? How, what how many Well, sometimes I've done it different ways, but what I prefer to do is send an email to the realtor and I do this through propstreamjoe.com if you don't have access to the MLS and say, hey, I saw your listing here. I'm looking at one right now on uh, Hartnet in uh, McClure. And I just say, you know, looks like a nice house. Surprise it hasn't sold yet. It's on Harvey Avenue, 63135. Yeah. All brick. Okay. Three bed, one bath. And surprised it hasn't sold yet. Is the seller negotiable on their price? And that's just an email I send out. Yeah. Or I might say, would they, you know, I, I don't, I'm surprised it hasn't sold yet. Looks like a real nice house. I'm an investor. Would they maybe consider something in the 50 to $60,000 price range? Let me know. Cause I don't want to waste the realtor's time with sending right. a contract and all that. Yeah. You just get those. Yeah. Get those. If you don't have any fancy technology, just use the canned messages lab on, like, on and, and, email. And yeah. just drop them in. Because this house I'm looking at right now, it's a decent area. It's a good rental neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, But there's a tenant in there. And the seller wants to sell it. And the first thing on the description is in bold capitals with asterisks, do not disturb the tenant. Right. Well, yeah, it's been on the market now 40-something days. And maybe the seller is starting to get a little motivated. They haven't sold it yet. They're like, oh, right. man. And you just say, hey, maybe... You know, you're asking eighty thousand for it. Would you consider maybe sixty-five thousand for it or something? And uh, you know the buyers that would were looking for deals like that, and they're they're not afraid to take a property with a tenant in it. So make the offer. Make the offers. You just never know. And sometimes a no now turns yeah. into a yes later because sometimes it just has to cook a little longer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's that's definitely one strategy. As an agent, just as an agent, I have emailed top luxury price range agents with higher price points yeah. and said, hey, you know, I sell a lot of investment property between this and this price. And those agents are getting mm -hmm. former clients referring people. And they trust me, they don't want to do a $60,000 rental house. They don't want to mess with it. They're selling half a million dollar homes mm -hmm. out in another part of our market. Yep. So I have gotten referrals, a lot of referral business from agents. And, you know, which brings me back to another advantage as an investor of being an agent is the relationships that you get with other, other realtors. A lot of them don't want to mess with you at all, with your market as at all. And they will gladly toss you and just, just offer them. Just say, hey, if something, 
If you yeah. have a buyer that's looking in this market that gets referred to you, I will make sure you get no less than a $1,000 referral fee. Or if you have a seller, because they're so cheap, they don't see any money in it. Mm -hmm. They might not even bother referring the person to anybody if you don't offer them some value. Well, And they're more likely to talk to you when you tell them you're an agent with so-and-so than they are with just likely, an investor. Yeah, much, much more likely to, to do it. And, you it, know, it they can you check you out in the MLS. They can see my... Even my off-market stuff, after the fact, uh, you know, if none of the parties mind, I'll record the sale because yeah. of that. The other agents can check out your sale history mm -hmm. and they can see that you're for real and they are checking, checking that out. So there's a reputation building within the agent world that yeah. can work in your favor. Now, I know this is going to bring up a question a lot of people have is like, well, you're, okay, you're, you're dealing with in St. Louis, you know, $100,000 homes. You must not be making that much commission, but you can make three to five grand on each of these and more, can't you? You can, and that doesn't really sound like a lot of money to people, but when you really, at the end of the day, you got to decide how much are you making per hour? So if, if I'm selling an inexpensive property, I'm not, like you mentioned earlier, I'm not running around with that buyer to a lot of properties. I put one um, under contract this week. Uh, we When they're tenant occupied, somebody on my team typically does the video picture tour yeah. we market it i've never i will never step foot in that property mm -hmm. personally the inspector will go yeah my 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 team member will go the inspector will go because they're out of state anyway they're going to have an inspection as they should yeah um and they're going to get a written report so how many hours really have i put into that deal so if i get paid uh 3500 uh, dollars, you know, on a $60,000 property, I've got, my assistant has an hour into that and I've got a couple hours. Yeah. On the low so, end, 3,500 bucks. And, and, you know, you guys, you got to remember this too. I keep on coming back to this. If you hear these people doing big deals, right? Their average profits are 7,000, 5,000, $10,000. Yeah. I, I what they're that. not telling you is the two, three, four, five thousand dollars they put into marketing. Exactly. For that deal. Which and is why hours. I never begrudge a wholesale in their spread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of realtors will be like, well, they're, they're not even fixing up the house. It's as is. And they're making all this money. I'm like they probably traipsed through untold numbers of properties to yeah. get that deal spent hours on the phone and hundreds yep. of dollars on marketing thousands yeah. but yeah you're absolutely right so like thousands, the, yeah. the hourly rate is many times not all the time but many times better and for me i'm kind of lazy i mean i'm not that i'm not really i work hard but like i don't know if i have the choice of making you know 3500 bucks maybe five grand and only work in a couple hours right. versus making 10 grand and work in 20, 30 hours for that. I would rather do the, the one that's less hours. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love selling, uh, you know, I've sold a, a million dollar 30 house package. Guess who had to traipse through? Oh yeah. 30, 30 houses. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally get it. So, um, so, you also just so I'm clear too, you're not like a traditional turnkey company either, where you're not managing the property, you're not managing the rehab, no. you're not you're not doing any of that, right? No, I'm not. I'm not doing any of that. I uh, we we offer our clients a list of managers that we have referrals from, and they're welcome to screen. I've done conference calls and helped buyers ask the right questions to screen potential managers. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, it's the buyer's, you know, buyer's choice. So I educate, but yeah. no, we, I'm not running that. That's a whole nother business. <laughs> yeah, that is. And there's a place for that too, but that's, wow. That's a lot of work again. All right. So, um, you, you get the deals for these buyers from the MLS. You'll go look on, you kind of get with an idea what their budget is, what they're looking for rent. You know, um, you'll go look at properties. Maybe you would just call the agents, those listing agents. And see, you know, hey, is your is your client negotiable? Would they accept something, you know, five, ten percent less? Then you also you network with other wholesalers mm -hmm. and you get other wholesalers to bring you deals as well, right? So you get on yeah. you get on their buyers list. I settle a lot of uh, off market through through relationships and I do do targeted mailing sometimes if inventory okay. is low. And I've got well, that's part of the reason that I ended up contacting you about this because I got into your simple lease option yeah. and, uh, course while well, my husband's doing it mostly, but we have a VA making calls. But at the same time, um, I have a, a licensed assistant who's helping me with the, on the listing side. 
Yeah. So it's it's a two for one. It might be a deal for us as investors. It could be a listing or it could be inventory for one of my one of my mm -hmm. buyers. So it's not time consuming for us and it's not our focus. The MLS is for the most part and, and digging for, for deals on the, on the MLS. Do you but find that, you know, because inventory is tighter, mm -hmm. that buyers maybe are more, uh, what do you call it? Are more, not as, don't have as strict requirements on the deals they're looking for. I mean, they know like, man, getting a 10 cap rate or getting a, a cash on cash return of 10% or whatever is not as easy as it used to be. I'm going to have to settle for 8% cash on cash. Um, I, I, I think that as a real estate agent who can, and I know there's a lot of non MLS sources for valuations, but nothing's quite as effective as being able to dig in the MLS uh, to uncover what's going on now with inventory and how much inventory there is available. But I think that what I do is just tell them at this moment, you know, I'm not going to let you overpay because I do think that there are, people are going a little bit crazy. You and I've been long around in this market long enough to know. <laughs> so I'll, I will tell them, you know, that this location, maybe you're paying a little bit more than you would have paid last year, but it's still, it's still going to work out for you because, uh, you know, for these reasons. But yeah, I, I, I also have to tell them, you know, that $25,000 turnkey rental deal doesn't exist with very little exception. That's not going to exist right now in this market in this location. So you're going to have to change your price point yeah. or you're going to have to change your location. You're going to have to go from C class to D class. Oh, you know, one or the other. That's the one thing we can't do. We can't, the market, even for, for those of us who do a good job on uh, over, you know, turning over rocks and finding good deals, there's still only so far it can be stretched, right? Between terms or price or location. That oh, yeah. being said, when you, when you colleague to colleague as an agent, there's always exceptions and there's always those deals that people need to move fast. And when people know that you're an agent representing a lot of cash buyers and something has to close, I've, I've had an agent call me and say, my buyer fell out. It's a short sale. We have to close tomorrow hmm. and, and sold it. So that's the, that's one of the advantages to being not only in this niche as an agent, but also as an investor that, you know, when you're doing that and people know, that you close deals because you do such a good job vetting your buyers, deals kind of can land in your lap at the same time. But yeah, it's a little tough <laughs> right I now. Wanna, I wanna show something here because I think this will help explain kind of what it is that Alicia does and what we're gonna be teaching in this case study. I'm gonna try to share my screen here and see if it works. And application window, oh, here it is, good, good, good. All I did here is go to Redfin, I'll zoom in a little bit. And I just looked in Florissant and then I kind of removed boundary. This is a great little market for rental properties. And I went into Redfin. This is free. Anybody can do house on Redfin more than 30 days. That's it. Price between 75 to 125,000. There's just 16 homes here. And you start looking through some of these things. These are nice, solid homes, right? They're all brick. Yeah. And you know, maybe they're asking 80 grand and there's a reason why it's been on the market 42 days is number one, it has a tenant in it. And number two, it's probably overpriced, but you can go find, you can go make offers at like 55, 60,000 where it will work. And you never know that investor you can just keep on following up. These are really, really good, solid homes. All right. Well, anyway, what you can do then is you put together these PDFs. And this is one of them that I just did. And we're going to show you how to do this in the course where you can get these professional looking presentations mm -hmm. and send them to your buyers and really impress them. This is a house in Oklahoma City that I was just messing around with. Yeah. This is especially good for out-of-state buyers because they get a full profile and they get the everything packaged in one area at one place for the, the street mm -hmm. view and the map. And this shows them, you know, you can get $220 a month cash flow, 12% cap rate and a 28% cash on cash return. Now, this is not was not a real deal. I was just playing with it. But, you know, a lot of these buyers, they love the numbers, right? And these are spreadsheets. You can do this from your phone, just putting in some basic numbers. It tracks their expenses there with including vacancies and operating expenses and loan mm -hmm. payments that they put money down. They're buy and hold projections, one to five years, 10, 20, 30 years. This is all customizable. And it gives them also 
also based on uh, uh, figuring in their tax benefits. So figuring also yeah. in uh, taking deductions for loan interest, for example, and depreciation. And depreciation, which is sadly overlooked. Yes, super important. <laughs> and then here is all of their investment returns. All I did for, to create this report, and it took me a couple of minutes, was pull a property that was already listed for sale and put the numbers in here. And then you can get really good comps, sale comps, and you can get rental comps from this software. And we're going to show you how to do this. And by the way, we're going to give this software away for free. And you can give away purchase criteria analysis here. And this analysis will show based on the investor, what's most important to them. Is it the 1% rule? Is it the 50% rule? Is it cash flow at least a couple hundred bucks, a cash on cash return of, of 10% or whatever that is. And then you can include the pictures and all of that. So this is a deal that Alicia actually sent to me that she just, is this a property you just sold or is available right now? It, we just listed it last week. Okay. It's a multifamily, 11 units. But this report, how long does, would you say, it, I know you were just kind of learning this, but how long did you, did you think it took you to put this up? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. This is amazing. So great cash flow, 1300 a month cash flow, 8% cap rate, 13% cash on cash return, description of the property, the map, the rent roll. You can do this for single families or multifamilies. You yeah. We just it. had to plug in the information that the seller provided us. Yeah. And we're able you're figuring to uh, probably, what is that? 20% or 15% down or something like that? Uh, well, it's commercial. So we figured 25% down. 25% down. You put in the interest rates. So this is figuring in all the financing costs, mm -hmm. repairs, cash. And this is just year one. So when it's negative, it'll be red. Um, you're figuring in a 10% rehab cost overrun, 10% vacancies, 3% appreciation, income increasing, expenses increase, selling costs, value of the land, and then cash flow per unit, total 1900 net Cash flow. That's net cash flow after all your expenses, utilities, management, all that good stuff, your projection. So this is what I'm saying is you can put this together real quickly and send it to your buyers and they will love this. Yeah. We just turned it. We just made it a drive link, sent it out with a little profile. Oh my gosh. Look at this. Look at how much deductions they get in their first year. 49 grand in deductions they get to take. Now I'm not a tax guy. I don't know. Yeah, but the depreciation, you know, a lot of buyers look at cash flow only. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to be doing a, uh, one of those Q&A threads on Twitter with a client of mine who's a CPA mm -hmm. to, to explain about depreciation. But this is, uh, what I love about this is this is a quick and easy presentation, but it really impresses clients mm -hmm. because investor agents are like unicorns there's there's retail yeah. agents that will take a listing like this but they will have no concept of presenting a presentation like this so i'm just going to put the basic info yeah. and make the buyer's agent and the buyers do the work to try to figure all of this out and a commercial agent often won't put that much time into a small building like this either because they're doing larger deals. So this is why the snitch is so great. It's not, like I said earlier, a lot of my clients chose me before the market because I could speak investment and I will give them something with numbers like this so they can actually analyze the deal quickly. They're busy people. They're yeah. full-time professionals. They're not full-time real estate investors. Yep. And that's why this niche is so great, whether you're coming at it for, as a realtor or whether you're coming at it from the investor yeah. side. You, you yeah. can add to your income uh, as an investor. And on the realtor side, you can really stabilize your income. You won't have these big gaps after each homeowner finishes their transaction. Yeah, because your investor buyer is going to come back. Well, I love it. I love it. And so we're going to be doing a case study called License to Earn. That's what the name of it's going to be so far. And we've got a couple different domains that we're looking at getting. Uh, so, but right now, if you're interested, as you're listening to this, we are going to start this case study in a few days. And if you go to joemccall.com slash realtor, if you're listening to this online, joemccall.com slash realtor, we're going to show you how to make money as an agent working with investors. This is something that you don't have to stop doing your regular wholesaling if you don't want. You don't have to stop doing your traditional realtor stuff if you don't want. No, not at all. But like this is uh this is just an easy way. Like making three to five grand on each one of these, if you just did two of them a month, what kind of difference would that make? Right. It's a huge difference. Your average yeah. realtor makes less a little less than 50 grand a year. I forgot to talk about that. I mentioned yeah. that at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's, it's uh, and that's, that's the average full-time realtor. Your average full-time realtor make earns less than a little less than 50 grand a year. 
Yeah. And this is a, actually you want to you you're like, but I love doing open houses. I love you know working with buyers. <laughs> Said no one ever. There's no well, some some realtors do. I didn't I didn't make that up. They do. You don't have to stop doing that. What you can do now is turn your buyers, help them with their first rental property. Now you have yeah. another reason to go to your regular clients and say, hey, you ever thought about buying the rental property? You know, when they're buying now in my buy, when I do occasionally work with a regular buyer, that's I'm talking to them at the from that perspective from the jump because nobody stays in a job for 20, 30, 40 years anymore. You might be moving. Well, what mm -hmm. happens if you move? Is this could this be a good rental property for yeah. you? And it starts the conversation. Yeah. So it only adds to your income as a realtor and it only adds to your income as an investor. And that's what I love about this niche. Nice. All right. So in this case study, this is going to be a live case study where we're going to be releasing modules and teaching you how to do this every week as we progress. And so Alicia and I, mainly Alicia, are going to be teaching you, number one, how this business works. It's super simple. And number two, how to find these buyers. And yeah. we're going to show you multiple different ways. You may not be into social media. <laughs> you may hate Twitter. Trump may have ruined Twitter for you. Whatever, right? So like- I haven't gotten uh, banned. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not going to get banned from Twitter by talking about real estate. We'll no, just- Tell you that. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we're going to show you how to get the buyers. Maybe it's social media, maybe it's direct mail, maybe it's just hanging out on, on, on a few different bigger pockets forums and things like that. Yeah. Then we're going to show you once you get the buyers, how do you talk to them? Like, what do you say to them? What are some of the things that Alicia does yeah. to make sure that you're not wasting your time with tire kickers, right? Because exactly. that can be a huge time suck, right? Yep. So, how do you, what are they looking, how to ask them the right questions to find out what they're looking for? And then, all right, now you got some good buyers. How do you find the deals? How right. do you those deals out. How do you mm -hmm. find them? Yeah. And we're going to give you access to the software for free also in there. Um, it's pretty amazing. And you can just in minutes get, pull up these beautiful reports. You could even, if you had good buyers, you could even just take that live in California, let's say, for example, you could just go straight to the MLS at, at asking price on some of these deals and put together a report like this and send it to your buyers out of state and see if any of them are interested in it, right? Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't even matter if they are or not. It, start, it, it gets them to respond yeah. to you. And then you get more information about what they really want. We're, yeah. we're also going to give everybody a copy of my course, How to Buy Your First Rental Property. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because if you have never sold investment property, it's going to take you through that whole process. And you're going to be able to refer to it over and over. And if you have, but you've never sold, sold one to somebody else, you bought your own. It's going to teach you how to do things from the agent side. Well, this is cool so, too, because people can't people give this course to some of their buyers as well. They can, they can actually sell a copy as an affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a good way to see how vested that buyer is. Yeah. It's not an expensive course. It's under a hundred dollars, well under a hundred dollars. But if somebody's really vested and they're serious about buying, they're not going to have any problem dropping, you know, 50, 60 bucks on a course um, yeah. that, that prepares them for the process. Yeah. And this is something that's already done. You don't have to worry about being the teacher or the educator teaching. Yes. People it's going to save you so much time and stepping yeah. them through the process. They're going to know, have half a clue of what they're doing by the time you start. Yeah. Very good. So Alicia already has that course done for you that you can give to your buyers or buy for them or sell it to them for 50, 60 bucks, whatever, and make an affiliate commission from that maybe. Right. All right. So then, yeah, we'll show you how it all works together in the realtor world because, you know, it's it's different than the investor world. But here's the other cool thing about doing this as a license that a lot of people forget and overlook. As you know, there is, if you're doing deals as a wholesaler, you don't have errors and emissions insurance, for example, right? Like, but as a, if you do this as a realtor, you have, I wouldn't say the little, you have a lot more protection. You do, you do. And your broker is, you know, you have somebody helping you with compliance on yeah. your paperwork and stuff. And it's it's just one last thing, you know, to be concerned about if anybody's yeah. nervous about wholesaling in certain states or really um, tough, like Illinois. We're seeing this over and over and over again. Illinois, Oklahoma tried to pass a law and they're trying to pass it again, where it's becoming harder and harder, almost illegal to wholesale deals. And this just eliminates all of that, just makes everything so much easier. So awesome. I'm excited about this. So what we're going to do is it's going to be, we don't know if it's going to be four, maybe five, six weeks, but it'll just be, we'll be giving you a little bit at a time, giving you time to go 
implement it. We're going to teach you. You're going to go then and implement it. And then you're going to come back with questions. And we'll be doing coaching calls on once a week during this case study. And Alicia will be available to answer your questions. Like, okay, this is maybe you should do it this way or look at it this way. And then we'll give you support where you can come in and ask questions about the best way to do this stuff. We're going to give you all of uh, Alicia's resources and the tools that she used to find these deals. Yeah, you get it all in a membership site. So you can access it and use it later when the case study is done. So this is a new program we're creating. We're going to be selling this way cheaper than it's going to be in the future because we want, we're looking for testimonials. We're looking for case studies and people that we can use mm -hmm. as an example of, hey, look at Susan. This is what she did. This is how it worked for her. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited about it. This I, I did these case studies like three or four times a year. I've been wanting to do this one for a long time. Cool. Anything, Alicia, you want to add to this that, just to wrap it up? Just if, if you're, like I said before, if you're an investor or a realtor right now, this is just going to make your life easier and grow your income without doing too much more than yeah. what you're already doing. Or even if you're a new agent, this is going to make your income <laughs> a lot higher than the average. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is going to be really, really good. I know this is going to be super valuable and important for a lot of you listening yeah. to this, looking for other options, other alternatives. All right, guys, go to joemccall.com slash realtor, joemccall.com slash realtor. All the information for when this class starts will be on there. And even if you're listening to this or watching it after it started, if you go to that same link, it'll redirect you to the, the to the new page that we're going to have. And that will, you'll get all the information about what it is and what's what we're going to cover and all that good stuff. Cool. Alicia, thank you so much. Thank you. Looking forward to it. We'll see you guys all soon. Again, go to joemccall.com slash realtor to get more information on this course. And we'll see you guys later. Thank you. All right. Thanks.